the Tape Deck. It's a weekly podcast. Check out the website. It's called tapedeckpodcast.com. With daily content, the podcast comes out every Friday. Listen on iTunes and Spotify, wherever you can, like you're doing right now. My name's Rob Mora. Today with me is the equally incomparable to almost everybody that I know. Maybe a little more. I don't know. His name is Bill Palmer. Uh, welcome. Thanks. Yeah. What's up? I'm doing good. Uh, this is the first time I've seen you in a few weeks. Yeah. I think. I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. You come regularly. Yeah. Um, Bill used to live in Seattle, but now he lives in Portland, um, hopefully enjoying the changes. How different is Seattle from Portland, really? It feels really different to me. Really? Yeah. Uh, like how so? The people, the weather, the food? Um, well, for instance, like coming back, I'm up here like once a month or so. Okay. And I used to live in this area. Where? I actually used to live like two blocks, or I used to live right by the light rail. So behind us, like three blocks uh, nice. uh, off of the Columbia City Strip where we are now uh, yeah and um live but like coming back like i've been i was in town like a month ago and i just there's certain buildings that are here now that aren't that weren't here a month ago yep. and it's just really strange to witness that mm-hmm. and there's some of that happening in portland but yeah not as much it feels a little more like a little more tame, tame. in portland and it's out of control here interesting yeah now when you say tame what specifically do you mean by that like the people itself or like the, the music I, scene or like it just really feels so much smaller to me i mean you know i don't know it's seattle versus portland it's like oh portland's a smaller town it is it, technically it is and it feels so much that way to me mm-hmm. and the music scene is a little bit different and uh i don't know yeah the whole vibe is just a little different there's less sports there I just realized yeah. it's baseball season. I don't have to, I don't have to deal with baseball getting on stuff. the light rail. Yeah, and people and just yeah. swamped with people in Sounders equipment. I like going to like a baseball game a year. It's fun. You know? Yeah, um, but, I, uh, I could do with less people there. Yeah, personally, it's a lot but of people. I, I'll see a ball get pitched. Yeah, yeah. What do they make baseballs out of? I'm actually forget. I was about to say pigskin, but that's cork. not true. Cork. I I don't know. Is cork. it cork? Yeah, Maybe. So. Many corks. Yeah. Well, yeah. corks of light. Quantum, know. quantum mechanics. From under the cork tree. Yeah. yeah, I've read that book. Is that a book? Yeah, Rebecca Dawson. I was thinking of the Fall Out Boy album. Oh, that's also true. They're sophomore. Yeah. Uh, I have not. I am not a Fall Out Boy aficionado. Really? Yeah. I'm not either. Uh, I had. I mean, I I love their first record still, mm-hmm. and I love From Under the Cork Tree as well, and uh, it's really good. Now, when you say cork, you mean like a cork in a wine bottle and not like a light cork? Yeah. Oh, you're talking about a cork. Quark. Yeah, no. Quark. Uh, yeah, cork in a wine bottle, which apparently comes from a tree. That's, I don't know how that works. I actually don't know where corks come from. Yeah, I, I assume they just either. came from the sea. <laughs> I just see them all over the place. Maybe. Yeah. Um, anyway... <laughs> Bill uh, is a guitar for hire, uh, is how he described it. Um, he plays guitar in uh, Dog Breath. Uh, we were lucky to, to interview Tristan uh, a few weeks ago. Um, he also has a project called Happy and You Know It, which used to be just you. Now it's a mm-hmm. band, right? Yeah, important. Yeah. Uh, recently, he put out a solo album called Welcome to Concrete. Um, we did a review it a few weeks ago. I thought it was excellent. I keep saying we. It's just me, really. Oh, me, well. Me and my imaginary people. Yeah, your crew. Me. Yeah, my crew. Yeah, Johnson. But thank you and, uh, and your scan. crew for the beautiful, wonderful review. Thank of you. I appreciate it. Legitimately enjoyed the album. Uh, real talent we've got thank here. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I figured that 
I mean, I'm a fan of experimental music. I'm a fan. I bet you're probably a fan of at least kind of experimental music. Yeah. You know, in a sense. I thought we would do something experimental, which, I mean, it's not my idea. It's really your idea. But um, we uh, are going to take a look at each other's uh, music streaming lists. And uh, essentially, what is it? Like, judge each other? Yeah, judge each bit. other. Yeah. Maybe pick, like, our favorite thing out of it. Or, like, maybe, you know what? We should pick, like, one, like, a, one or two things from each other's list to like put into our list you know what oh, i mean yeah okay. that we might be excited about all right i like that idea so i have mine loaded up it's on my phone i use google play you use google play i, I don't even know google what that is play. sounds great google play well first of well, all do you watch youtube a lot sort of yeah so i do and google <laughs> owns youtube and if you get google play you also get youtube red which is their subscription service that uh means you don't get ads like you can download oh, youtube videos like on your phone nice. and shit um and their combined price is $10. That's cool. Yeah. So that's So that's I your do. streaming service and then you get YouTube Red. You get YouTube as Red as well. So this this is not sponsored by by Google or YouTube Red by the way. You should Just bleep it every time. I should. Oh fuck. Yeah. Oh, but I'm not going to bleep that though. Okay, we're yeah. cool with the, the We're good with the swearing. fucks. We're good with the well, all the swearing. Use most of the swearing. All right. Say. All right. Um all right, so I have my list here. Um and okay. it's not that shocking. Should I, I start? Say. I'll just look at your your recent. Here, I'll give you. Okay. Give me yours. Uh, give me yours. Give me your phone. Here, you I can know just know your little secrets. Just take the whole damn phone. You yeah. Know? I don't have a lot of. Oh, we're both at the same battery life. Okay. Oh shit. So <laughs> you're right. We're at seven percent. How about that? Oh wow. So this goes pretty far. So it I won't does. go too far. That's so fine. right at the top here, I see you're listening to the new American Football. That is a review that's coming out uh, soon. Very. Cool. It'll be already be out by the time this podcast comes Matt out. Matmos. Uh, have you listened to that record? No. Have you? Oh, I've to seen the. Re- uh, yeah, I know that band. You, yeah. Have Wait. you listened to American Football? Like you listened to their first. Yeah, I've listened to their first record. A lot of people have listened to their first record. Yeah. They're like, uh, they're they're emo. They're an emo industry. There's a lot of hype about around them right now because of this new record. So, did you listen to their second LP? I haven't listened to that. So I did. It was a few years ago, and listening to this record now, it's like it's sort of what you always sort of want a band to do when they reunite. They always claim, oh, yeah, this record's going to be your return to form. It's us sort of like getting back into what we want to do. And then the next record is going to be like yeah. experimental with our shit. And that's sort of what that record is. Like, the, I, was reading, I was reading a review of it after I'd written my review where it was like, the cover art is so apt to what the album is because it feels like, you know, the first two uh, LP covers were that house. Yeah. Um, and this one, it's literally just a horizon with a sunset, and like it feels like something's been burnt down. And they so really, emo. they yeah, they, right? They they're all in their early early forties, is the thing. Yeah, too. Like, that's cool. Um, it's a great record. Yeah, like I've been legitimately really good like surprised. It's definitely better than their second LP. You know, anyone who's listening to it shouldn't really uh, look forward to something on the on the same level as that first record. But yeah, man, it's damn enjoyable. Cool. I really liked it. I yeah. see Earth here. Yeah. A lot of Earth. Yeah. Oh, that's been in the last 24 hours. Yeah. Well, you know, Tristan is uh, touring with, uh, yeah. with Earth. Yeah. Well, I was just cat sitting for my friend last night, and yeah. I was looking through their records, and um, they had an Earth record that I saw on Carl Blau's Instagram. Really? Because I guess Carl Blau played on, I think it's called Demons of Light, mm-hmm. something. It's from 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I popped that record in last night and I hadn't, hadn't really listened to Earth before but I thought well it was on Carl Blau's Instagram and then 
my friend Tristan is about to play with this band on tour and I'm very excited for, for Tristan. So yeah, I wanted to listen to some Earth and I've been listening to it all day. Earth's uh, great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Earth, uh, for those who don't know, um, they're, they were like drone rock pioneers. Um, it's fronted by Dylan Carson, Carlson, who, yeah. was, uh, who was a Seattle rock legend yeah. like back then in the scene. He, wasn't, he was part of the Seattle scene when it was exploding in the early 90s, but he wasn't exactly like a huge facet of it. He was yeah. just like friends with Kurt Cobain yeah. and others. Um, but he's still kicking and Earth is still doing it. And they're like... They're good. And their new song is really good. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for that album. Okay, so I'm going to pick two. First of all, I just want to... <gasps> Ghostface Killer. I love that Apples with Moya is in this list. Mm-hmm. I love that record. Oh, yeah. Again, that, that record's great. So I'm going to pick a couple things here that I would want to I want to put in my recently played. Okay. I want to listen to this Lomelda record. Yes, it's good. I haven't it's, listened to it yet. It's very short. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's like 16 minutes long, and it's like 10 tracks. I love that. Which is funny because when I that was the first Low Milda album I, I had, uh, and Dylan was the the one that recommended it to me because uh, his band Great Grandpa's label uh, label mates. Oh, it's a tiny or uh, not tiny. Are they on Tiny Engines? I can't remember. I just know that they're on the same label. Cool. Yeah. Um, or Double Double Whammy. Is what yes. It is. Double Double yes. Whammy. I cannot. Which is, I cannot assert. Which that. are two great labels. Yes. Uh. Cool. Yeah. Great record, great record. Um, so I'm gonna. I want to take that into my world. Yes, it's good. It's very hushed. The the songs are fantastic. Like, I like that. That is a a. Like it's not a new style per se, but it's it's seeing a resurgence. That particular like. Hushed, kind of intimate, like almost too intimate. Yeah. Like, folk indie rock kind of merging. Like you yeah. see that a lot nowadays. Yeah. Um. And I forget there was like a, a part of the '90s where that was that was prevalent. You know, like where a lot of uh, rock on the side of indie borrowed from like more hushed folk tones, like Nick Drake and stuff, and, and sort of melded that with like a more emotional, like like slowcore was a little part of that. Yeah. I know Cat Power is sort of. Oh yeah, started to proliferate that a little bit. Yeah, how yeah. much Cat Power have you listened to? Oh, I think I went through, I went through a big Cat Power thing, uh, in my early twenties. I listened to that's that's an apt age. Moon Picks and <sighs> the Greatest. I I liked a lot and You Are Free and mm-hmm. um, I have a funny story about Moon Picks. Yeah, there was a. You know, I was fresh out of college, 22, still getting my adult sea legs. And there was this guy I was interested in who I had known since a sophomore in college. He was bisexual and he was dating this girl. And uh, they were both great. They were amazing people. Uh-huh. But he got me a job at the place that he worked at. And I was like, well, this is great. You know, getting the ball rolling. And then he broke up with her in June of that year. And I was like, this is amazing. You know, and then instantly fell in love with him. <laughs> Stupidly, I was 22. We both moved into a house down the street from where my college apartment was. Yeah. And I was instantly miserable because the guy wanted nothing to do with me because he had just gone out of a relationship. And I was just like, yeah, you know. And there was a point where I hit such a low, I got super drunk and I drove, which you should never do, but I drove I just, like, story, just like a hundred feet down. It was like not too, too dangerous. <laughs> you drove a hundred feet about drunk. hundred feet to the, yeah, to the... <laughs> the pond near where my house was and I 
crashed into the railing. Oh, no. Which I mean, it was a beater. My car was a beater. It was like a '93 Toyota Camry, <laughs> and I just sort of sat there. I didn't realize I had crashed, and I laid in the back of my car and I listened to Cat Power's Moon Picks and was even just. This just must so, have been a very desolate. Yep. Just scene. So cathart- There's nobody around. Yeah. Just desolately, it was. It was the most non-cathartic sad you can ever feel in your entire life. Like. Oh, I love but that. But she got me through it. She got That's me so through cool. it. Yeah. Thank you, Chan Marshall. Yeah. For uh, for supplying me with the ammunition I needed to get through that night. That's a, I love that story. Yeah. You man. drove you were tanked. And I was you tanked. and you 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 busted into that railing and you said, <laughs> "Fuck it." Fuck it. Fuck. I didn't fuck, even realize and then I was I got this, out and I saw me. my I got my stomach front bumper and I was like, "Oh shit." I really um, identify with that story. Mm-hmm. That sounds Cap Power will do it for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and I love it when music uh, can show up in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, yeah, it's sort of like give you this almost like out of body, otherworldly thing where you're you can just lay back and. Man, that's what I got when I listened to uh, early Red House Painters, mm. which is my one of my favorite bands personally. Yeah, like, um, I remember when I was when I had put out my very first real EP back before I moved to this area, like yeah. wherever. There was one. French reviewer who, you know, people will sometimes just troll on Bandcamp and look at new releases and just be like, I'll listen to this and try and discover like anything. And he found it and he was like, I love this record. I want to write a review about it. And he mentioned Red House Painters. I'd never listened to them before. Yeah. And I listened to their first self-titled album, the one with the roller coaster on it. Yeah. Instantly. Like, it was just like, wow, what is this? It's like mystical. Like there's some kind of magic energy that's like captured on it whether or not it's the production or we're talking about ghosts yeah and how like whether or not it's intentional ghosts can sometimes haunt a record yeah it feels haunted like that particular record you know there's something the roller coaster i'm trying to think if it's does it have the song um katie song katie song yes who my ex is named katie with oh, a y no and so yeah oh that's okay. great but can also I just, sad all right so you just told a great story about Crap. Oh, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> My microphone fell off. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, about just like a deep, dark. Yeah. Lay it it on sounds me, like brother. it sounds like it was a, a breakup, right? Kind of uh, imminent. It was more of an unrequited love. As a gay guy, you know that happens. A oh, lot. unrequited love. Yeah. Well, as a straight guy, that's happened to me <laughs> it a lot too. Happens all the time. Yeah. Go on. Lay it on. I want to talk unrequited love. Greatest unrequited love recordings. Ooh. Our favorites that take us right back. I have one right now. Go on. Well, this is, and it's also a heartbreak healing thing. That's the best kind. Kanye West, The Life of Pablo. Really? The, that record. Fascinating. Takes me and just like swamps me around. It's like, I think there's like a lot of like questions of masculinity in that record yeah a lot of deep soul searching a lot of intense um vulnerability yeah and like you know matt like i don't know bravado yeah um, dude comes to mind I, t- I took a long road trip with that record mm-hmm. a few years ago and right. it was uh it's one of the like it's just stuck with me ever since. It just came to mind when you told that story. Mm-hmm. Life of Pablo is such a, such a fascinating album to me. Because yeah. I remember when it came out, 
originally, because I, I remember seeing the Madison Square Garden concert live yeah. when he posted it, where the record was half finished, but he was claiming it was finished, and then it came out, and then there was more songs on it, yeah. and then he kept updating it. That was a cool thing that is yeah. underrated right now that I feel like that it's going to be talked about more yeah. in, in 10 years or whatever, that, that that record came out and then it got changed a bunch of, bunch of times. Pretty much. And, and I think his detractors at the time were just like, well, he just didn't finish the record. You know, and he's just sort of adding. Yeah, but like, like what does finished mean? Exactly. I think that's the thing. That was it's the like, question. That, what does yeah. that mean? Like, when does anybody decide if something's finished? Yeah. I mean, exactly. that record that I just put out, like, Welcome to Concrete, I, I've been sitting on it basically finished for like a year. Yeah. Thinking like, I don't know, I, you know, like, I guess this is done. I don't, there's nothing I'm going to add to it, but it doesn't feel finished. But then... I think it's an interesting question. I think it's really cool. Yeah, exactly. And then that record is part of, I consider probably the trilogy, a trilogy, that, well, so it would be, well, it would be Dark Twisted Fantasy, Jesus, Jesus, Pablo, Pablo is is really prime, prime Kanye. Prime Kanye. Which is funny because he has so many good records before that even. You know, College Dropout is a bona fide classic now. Yeah, College Dropout's great. Because it was 15 years now that it's been out. Because it came out in 20, 2004. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And Late Registration is great too. And 808 and Heartbreaks is great too. And so is Graduation. I loved Graduation. They're all really good. But those three records really just like break things wide open. And there's a really good... Do you know about the... Um, what's the podcast? It's a, po- it's a podcast that breaks down... You'd probably love this. I probably it's, would. It's um. Oh my god, I can't remember what it's called, but it's uh, it it's a it's a fifteen episode series. The first season was My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. It goes in depth on the music theory of all the decisions and like what it means thematically and like sort of the semiotics of what's happening. In the it, record, it is a complex record that would require, I'm assuming, a 15 season. 15 I mean, season. I liked it before that, but I, I have, it, it made me look at that record in a totally different way, and a lot of music. Honestly, mm-hmm. it made me think a lot about how to, how to use theme musically to sort of convey certain ideas instead of just words. And it is amazing how much can go into a record that you're not really aware of the first time you listen to it. Yeah, you know, which is why. We, I mean, there's so much music coming out nowadays. Normally, something gets reported on, it's just like that, 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 and then it's over. Yeah. And it's one of those things where a lot of websites, for example, that are doing, covering the reviews or covering the album or the song or whatever, Stereo Gum's got a premature evaluation is what they call it. And then DJ Booth has a first listen, whatever. And they'll post their their uh, interpretation of it from the very first listen, which is it's just sort of short shortcoming it. You know, like you can't really get everything that a piece of music can give to you on just one listen on the first listen. Like Solange's newest album. The first time I listened to it, I was like, "Mm, you know, maybe it's it's good. But but it took me two or three or four listens to really really sort of settle yourself into it and realize what she was doing. I think I like it better than a seat at the table. I like seat at the table better, but it's super, super good. I like, well, I like a loose, I like a loose, my favorite thing is just like getting lost mm-hmm. is just like mm-hmm. where it's so complicated mm-hmm. and it's not clear where things start or end or if it's on purpose or wh- when things are like in music when when things are unclear 
when it's unclear what's happening or why, it's just my favorite thing. Yeah. It's what I'm always after and what I'm always, like as a musician, it's like always trying to tame that because I don't know, like it's like catching lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. where it's like, how do I like toe the line of being completely out of control, but also like not look like I'm just some asshole where I'm just like, hey, I'll listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Can you and, think of any albums that have captured that quality? Well, I think the new Solange is like that because like it's that, sort of yeah. flowy and like it, it moves. It's like kind of all over the place. Um, What's Going On by Marvin Gaye also is super that way too. Well, it plays it's, like a suite. And yeah. also he repeats themes. Like uh-huh. I know uh, uh, there are certain songs that have like certain musical movements that were captured on the title yeah. track. And then, yeah. Um, another like piece of music that I've like been thinking, I thought about earlier when you were talking about your, your uh, car crash story mm-hmm. is uh, uh, music for 18 musicians by Steve Reich is one of those I have for not me. Listen to that record. I have, I'm not a Reich aficionado. Yeah. Um, I sort of am, oh, but well, I would say if you're going to listen to that, you know what you should do? And this is to anybody listening to, by the way. Yeah. If you haven't listened to Music for 18 Musicians by Steve Reich and you're interested in it. Yeah. Sounds like you kind of are. I am. My boyfriend keeps telling me to listen to Reich. Okay. So you do, here's what you do. You draw yourself a hot bath. You got a bathtub uh, at your new place? Sure. Uh, well, I have a bathtub in my current place. There you go. It's, okay. Yeah. You got a couple weeks left. I got a couple weeks left. Yeah. Draw yourself a nice hot bath. Maybe get some Epsom salts with a little eucalyptus essential oil. Um, if you got a window, you could crack that so you get like the steamy fog kind of. Well, it's not really winter as much anymore, but. And then you throw on music for 18 musicians and you sit there. But, you, but, you, but here's the thing you want to give yourself an hour and a half. You're going to get in the bath and you're going to pop it on right away and you're just going to sit there for an hour and a half. Close on or off? In the bath? Yeah. Well, I guess that's a matter of personal preference. I can imagine. You know, just uh, socks. Just socks. Just your socks bath. in the bath. Yeah. <laughs> There's something very yeah. therapeutic about that. Just a stocking cap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's my jam. I'm a big bath. Yeah. Bath taker. God, a spa. I'm a bit of a spa rat. Also, it's been so, so long. Oh, I haven't been to a spa like ever. Well, you know, there's a yeah, Seattle's kind of weird. There's one that's downtown. That's kind of. I mean, it's like mm. expensive now, and it's also really like. You know what's funny? Tristan was telling me about there was like a bathhouse or whatever. Tristan, it's probably the same like, one. You're just Banya like five. Super like. This episode is not it. sponsored by Banya Five, as it, far as I know. It might not be. I'll contact them. It's pretty nice there. Yeah. But it's expensive, and it's there's like some cheaper ones in Portland. I've been I've been going like once a month. Yeah. Go hit it up. Fifteen bucks. You get an hour. You do steam room. You do sauna. You do oh. hot tub. You do cold plunge. I used to miss. I my. I went to a gym, Fitness Evolution in Federal Way is $10 a month. I don't know how they were able to do it, but I used to go to the sauna there and I used to love it. Love I that. love the one little, <laughs> it's an audio podcast, but that one little eyebrow. <laughs> like, did you, I do I do that? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's literally just your right eye. Nope, it's both of them. Oh, nope, it's one of them. Well, now I'm thinking about it. Holy so. shit. Apparently, I'm, flicking, I'm, I'm moving my eyebrows a lot. That's a talent. Well, it's a, a, an unknown a commodity of some sort, but I, I wasn't aware of it. <laughs> Ringling Brothers, uh, everything else fails. The man with the one eyebrow. The man with the one eyebrow. Yeah. That's me. That's you. Um, anyway, cool. The new Solange is great. Um, I saw on your list 
Well, first of all, I mentioned Ghostface Killer, and I'd only listened oh, to Oh, my Supreme. recently played? Yeah, I'd only listened to, to uh, Supreme Clientele, but that's automatically like an amazing album. I see The Men. Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I made, a play- I made myself a little playlist. Ah, I see, in The Men. Um, Any specific- if anybody listening is interested in my... I just made it for this trip to Seattle. I mean, you can look me up on Spotify. What's my your name, name on Spotify? Oddity Dogs. O-D-D-I-T-Y-D-O-G-S. Nice. That's me. I like it. I got my uh, moving floor playlist made for this this weekend. I like to make playlists that are sort of autobiographical. That's how I like get involved with the music. Interesting. So the men. Yeah. Any particular song from them? Uh, Open your heart. Of course. Yeah. Oh, is that, I love is that, that a course for them? I love that record. Yeah. Yeah. The song "Open Your Heart" is the one that I have on my playlist. Um, Such a good song. Yeah. Uh, really good. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I see Deerhoof. 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 I am obsessed with Deerhoof. Probably like my favorite band that is like currently in existence. Interesting. Just like Deerhoof. period. They have they have a lot of reasons to be super 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 into them. Like they're so they're such a force mm-hmm. of coolness. Oh yeah. They're oh, yeah. so cool and so weird. <laughs> And they seem like they have so much fun, which is so important when you are watching a, when you know. I don't know it's, I, when I'm seeing when I'm watching a band. I want to see people having fun. You know. Why else would you want to? Why else would you want to see a, a, a band on stage? We could all know? cry together. You know. Also true. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever cried at a show before. I think it's because I'm so self conscious of myself where I am. I'm just like mm, can't cry, can't cry. Oh, I was gonna say I cried. Um, Oh fuck! What's the last time I cried for music? I did cry when I saw Music for Eighteen Musicians live. Okay, well, this is another reason to. Yeah, yeah, it moved me to tears. Yeah, I'm not afraid to say it. You can't spell Reich without cry. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> there was a piece of music that made me cry very recently, and I hate to mention it because I don't know why. I don't know why. I wrote off this band when I listened to it a few years ago because I used to work down at Honor in Federal Way and I had uh, some friends of mine who were into this band called the 1975. Have uh, you heard that band? No, but I, I saw... Oh, no, maybe I have heard them. I saw them on your recently played there. Yeah, man. They, uh, so when they were telling me to listen to them, they had put out an album called I Like It When You Sleep For You Are So Beautiful Yet So Unaware Of It. I was like, come on, what is that fucking album title? Yeah. Like, automatically I was going to be biased against them. I was just like, nah, you didn't like that? dumb millennial band. I don't like it. Dumb millennial band. Yeah, man. Oh, boy. And yet, and yet, they put out an album late last year called A Brief Inquiry into, About Online Relationships. Yeah. That was my favorite album of last year. Um, It was astoundingly good like and this may be me it's like i went into it with low expectations but the song love it if we made it is so good it's crazy it's just like it's done so passionately like the vocal take is so balls to the wall like and he's an amazing singer and obviously you know vocal production and whatnot you know you can make it sound better but holy shit that album that song and that album in particular is so totally worth a listen like um I haven't listened to them. That made me cry. The Online Relationships album. A Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships. Okay. Um, so good. Can I ask you a question? Yes, what's up? What was your first concert? My first concert was... 
So, I was a little bit of a late bloomer. Um, what does I didn't that mean? Actually, what, were you, what were you into? I didn't actually up? get into music music the way I'm into music right now until freshman year of college. My cool. very first concert. Have you ever heard of the guitarist Guthrie Govan? Yeah. Yeah, that was my first concert. He's got a great he, rig rundown. <laughs> his pedal board is a tea set, and it's super influential. It's a what? It's in a little tea oh, box. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Guthrie um, Govan. And Guthrie the, uh, Govan. The, the Alley Cats, or is that what it's Aristocrats. called? Aristocrats. Aristocrats. Yeah, I remember being super into that album when it came out because I was yeah, a freshman like in college. Yeah, and okay. he played the Middle East in Boston. Uh-huh. And, uh, What's my dad, the Middle East? It's like it's a, a club? It's a music venue. It's yeah. like the music venue in Boston. What's it like, like? What's the Seattle equivalent of it? It would be like the more. Cool. Or, or maybe Very a little cool. less than a more. Like maybe... Uh, a nice place. A nice place. Yeah. Like it's still kind of like run down. Uh-huh. Or like... Like a theater. Like that's... the Royal Room, but more popular. Yeah, you know? cool. Okay. But, but like in Boston instead of in like Columbia City. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, super popular venue for people who are well known but like aren't too too well known. Yeah. Aren't playing like the arenas and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wait, so are you saying Guthrie Govan was your first concert? It was my actual tenth grade. Man. Tenth grade, yeah. so you're a sophomore and so you were like fifteen. Mm-hmm. I went and I got my face melted off because he was playing with Berkeley musicians. Yeah, at that's the time. crazy. And uh, I was really into guitar heroes yeah. at that point, you know. I, I I had a podcast the last podcast I did that's was cool. with was with uh well, one of the podcasts I did recently was with my brother, and we were talking about the rhythm game genre because he's uh-huh. a Twitch streamer, and I'm like, I gotta integrate it. Uh-huh. And uh, we were both into Guitar Hero at the time, and so I was totally into like technical. I got that out of my system, like cool, real fast. Okay, yeah. so that was like your that was what you were into when you were growing up. Yeah, I was just curious because you're talking about like you're talking about all these bands, and and I don't know they know you that well. Like we've known each other for. A little while now, actually, but yeah, we've, never... we've maybe talked like six times. This is more talking than we've ever done. I'm just curious where you're, where you're coming from, because because my ba- like because my first concert was Blink 182. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense, right? It's that it's that age, that era. They were yeah, super I mean, well known. Probably many people's first concert from our generation or whatever. But I completely um, skipped the pop punk phase. Yeah, so pop punk was like really important to me growing yeah. up, and was uh, you know like. Um, I had like the Offspring, Americana mm-hmm. was like a really big deal. It's the first album I had that had the F word on it. That um, was big. Yeah, because they then. said, "Well, fuck you." Uh-huh. On the Americana do you, song. Do you remember a specific point? As an aside, do you remember the, a specific point in the '90s where people really relished their F words and like their F S words? Yeah, like they would well, always say it like it was scandalous. <laughs> you know. I mean, in the '90s, well, like I I collected CDs basically when I was like. Um, I don't know what uh, starting in like fifth grade As you do. I would get allowance or whatever and I would spend it all on music mm-hmm. and I had more CDs than anybody I knew because I just like I would buy like I would just buy CDs all the time and I had like 500 CDs in my room and a lot of and so there was this big like pull between my parents and me of like the the, the parental advisory stickers so there was some so i would be i would have some hiding going on and i listened to a lot of like new metal before i got into pop punk yep so i loved i loved corn and limp biscuit yeah and um and all the and also all the like offshoot new metal bands that we don't really even remember (laughs) well like cold chamber or like um yeah taproot and pod and yep anyway uh, so I like cursing in music in particular. It has a really specific because I remember because it, it was at one point I think I was like in sixth or seventh grade. My dad didn't really know that I had all these CDs. 
my mom would kind of keep an eye on it, but I had like a system of like not, I would like, if it had a parental advisory, I would like fold the tab over the parental advisory <laughs> or just like throw that part away and just have the, the disc itself of, um, you know, whatever, like a head PE album. I remember mm-hmm. I took the cover out and just threw it in the woods because it was like if they ever litter bug if you've ever listened to head pe they're this new metal rap rock band and so you know like their lyrics are they're like loosely associated with juggalos i think but their lyrics are so grotesque yeah in a lot of ways there's some to really so i was like to the point where it's like all right my parents find this lyric booklet it's over they don't have to listen to it it's like this is so insane and right. I grew up in the suburbs and anyway, so my dad like threw away all my parental advisory CDs at one point. As an aside, do you know where, what specific song, because we know it was Tipper Gore, you know, and everything. Uh-huh. Do you remember what specific song caused the parental advisory sticker to become commonplace? Commonplace? In like music or like what, what was the impetus? You know how like Mortal Kombat was the impetus behind like the ERSB rating and like video well, games? Well, I think Cop Killer was around. It was earlier than that. It was mid 80s. Th- well, this would have been, a, I think it was a Zappa thing. No, Zappa went to court, but mm-hmm. but it wasn't necessarily. It was Darling Nikki by Prince. Well, that's pretty were, brutal. Pripper, yeah. Tipper Gore hated that there were references to masturbation in it. Yeah. So she went to... You know, I listened a little bit to this... Uh, do you know the podcast Cocaine and Rhinestones? I've heard of it. I listened to a little bit of it earlier. It was, it was this subject in country music. Well, it was specifically the double standard between men and women in country music. It's about a, a Loretta Lynn song called The Pill. And... When did it come out? That song, I think, was in like the 50s. Wow. And it was, I guess, maybe sort of at the start of talking about like women's reproductive rights and, you know, the pill had just been. So the song is like, she's like, the the idea of the song, the conceit of the song is like, I don't need you anymore. Or like, I don't need to be tied down by you anymore because now I got the pill. Or now I can enjoy myself because now I have the pill. And it was banned. Oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. And that's there were bands from radio in a lot of places. And then there were like other, you can listen to, anybody's listening, you can listen to Cocaine, Cocaine and Rhinestones. Cocaine and Rhinestones. I don't, it's just, I don't want to take people away from your podcast. Oh, give a shit. Come on. This, Dar- Darling Nikki, though. Darling Nikki had references like, to masturbation. Yeah, it did. It, it definitely does. I don't know what, why that was what she's tipping her gore. Yeah. I don't know. She, uh, she got on the case of the the music industry, and yeah. then it was the um, uh, recording industry. She got it. She got onto that boat, yeah. and then yeah. everyone was on it, and then and then that happened. And, then, and now you know everything is everywhere, and everything is everywhere. If you're five years old, you could just like probably watch a video of somebody like dying or whatever on YouTube. Yeah, on, it's, yeah. it's there. Yeah, uh, we've. This is like a hot topic nowadays, but there was a huge scandal on YouTube about kids' videos that you know how I'm not, I'm not gonna just I'm not gonna lambast bad parents, but let's just say the kind of parents who just sort of can't take it anymore and just plops their children in front of a YouTube playlist and just sort of be like, and I need some I can't I need take some it space. anymore. Yeah, you know, I can't take it anymore. Yeah, here, like most parents, <laughs> yeah, essentially. Um, and some of these playlists of supposed YouTube like kids like programming is essentially just like they're weird like kind of off looking uh cgi um 
like they'll feature spider-man and the hulk and like shrek and like elsa from frozen uh-huh. but they just carry out these weird plots like there's like there's like these weird things where like everyone buries spider-man in a hole and then like makes him like buried they bury him alive and then there's like another one where elsa's like pregnant and like wow. it's just like so off and weird and it's, it's like the kind of skit the, the kind of shit that like when you see it and you see that you you see the context and the intention behind it, you just it sort of makes your stomach turn a little bit. This YouTube is full of that right now. They are dealing with it at the moment. Yeah. Because YouTube is just an algorithm, and they have to they have to sort of sort out what's they can't just manually. There's so much content being uploaded to the site yeah. daily. They can't just sort through it using humans. They have to create an algorithm. But the algorithm doesn't catch it because it's right. all just characters from yeah. popular, you know, yeah. so franchises. It's, so it's it's it's. The singularity is here. The singularity is here. He, it's correct. What are you going to do? You know? What are you going to do? Kids are fucked. Kids are not fucked. Kids are going to be just fine. Yeah. Everyone was talking about kids being fucked 60 years ago. Everybody's fucked. Everybody's fucked, so fuck it. Um, a memoir. Huh? A memoir. A memoir, yeah. yeah. All right, so we're going to wrap things up uh, pretty quickly. Um, the last thing I want to ask you is, uh, what the hell are you planning on doing? With oh my god oh with my life <laughs> no just with music i don't need to know that <laughs> you mean right now well i'm gonna draw myself a hot bath yeah <laughs> uh well uh with music yes the world wants to know you well good i want to i want to tell the world hey world uh <laughs> how's it going yeah well i'm going on tour with dog breath uh, at the end of april on a sh- on a northwest Short Northwest tour in Seattle, Portland, Bellingham, Tacoma. Um, and then Dogbreath has like some festival dates in Corvallis in May and then in uh, Spokane. Lovely. And then eventually maybe a tour, larger tour pretty soon. Uh, well, we have a record coming out. With the, oh, yeah. Um, New Dogbreath, which I have been waited with bated breath. Um, it's just a little bit longer at this point, but it's almost done. I'm really excited because I have a few songs on it yeah. that I wrote. Nice. And um, it sounds so cool, and the, it, it's going to be great. I'm so so I have that, cool. and I'm also working on a record, a Happy and You Know It record, cool. with uh, Dylan Hanwright. Oh, cool. From Great Grandpa, and also that's been on this show. Is he playing on the record, or is he... Dylan is helping me... Uh, helped me record drums. Nice. And, uh, well, I think is still going to help me mix the record. But I've, I've been, yeah. Well, I moved to Portland right after we started recording the drums. And um, I'm playing everything pretty much on the record. Uh, but uh, moving kind of like slowed me down a little bit. So I've been tracking yeah. um, in my home studio. Ooh, and, fancy. Uh, that will be, I don't know when that'll be out, but hopefully soonish. And then, uh, yeah, just playing a bunch of shows in Portland. Writing songs for people, I'm assuming. Well, yeah. Well, that's, you know, I would love to. I have some songs. I have a lot of songs. I have too many songs and I need to figure out. Hey, world. Hey, world. It's me, Margaret. <laughs> There's a chance if you're listening, I may have wrote a song. For your band that you don't even know about. <laughs> I thought you were talking to me for a second. I was like, there's no possible way. I could probably find are. one. You can find one, yeah. Dig it up. Um, I'm in my logic files. I'm like, how did he... 
How did he record? <laughs> how did he open? <laughs> Litigation. <laughs> well, that's fucking cool. Yeah. I'm stoked to hear whatever you're coming out with. Because um, I really dug your last record, and uh, it's obvious that you're a fucking talented person. Thanks, and, uh, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. And uh, it should be good. Well, I guess I guess that's it. Thank you for letting us ramble. Thank you for listening to us ramble, at least. Um, Thank you, everybody. I had a fun time. I had a great a time. time. I had a great time. I hope that you guys had a great time. Quick shout out to Empire Espresso. Yeah! Here in magical Columbia City. My stomping ground. Seattle. My home away from home. The best coffee shop in Seattle. It is the best coffee shop in Seattle. Bar none. Um, screw all that elitist bullshit. Come down to Empire Espresso and, and grab an espresso that's like maybe 18 grams. Yeah. Yeah. But you could be elitist too, I think. I could be elitist. We are, I guess, sort of elitist when people talk about... When we talk about, because we've all worked there at some point, and uh, I... Uh, Come on, you guys are elitist. We're elitist. Come on. But we're elitist, but we're not, like, coffee scene elitist. That's we're like true. We're so elitist, we're out of the coffee scene, and we don't care. I'm it. just giving you... It's actually a very laid-back coffee shop. We're not just elitist. We're just leadist. We lead the pack. That's That was terrible. Sick. Yeah. No. I love... I just want to say I love the Hawk Girl drawing of it's Natural, so one of the owner of Empire espressos it's so cute, daughter drew and then they put that on they made a blend called that <laughs> and then put her drawing on the bag that is, is such a great if that is not the antithesis of elitist that's true. <laughs> i don't know what is it is so sweet all right uh, that was, that's the last thing i wanted to say all right well all right it's time to take you out back and shoot you we love you, everybody. Oh, I love you. Uh, okay, last words. Uh, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Um, dream a little dream. Avenge me. <laughs> I am a ghost on your record. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I'm Rob. He's Bill. Good night and good luck. 